Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by AGF Plus, and with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, South Stan Chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o, is Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This is episode number 284. Thanks to everyone who tuned in to last week's show. This week, we've got our final away game of the season. Can't believe we're at that point of the season now. We've got a roundup of news over the last week. We've also got a very special guest waiting on the line to join us in this special podcast uh, to talk about a special event that he's organised for a very special charity. So, without further ado, let's just crack on with this week's show. And as always, we start with a word from our sponsor. Yeah, so if you've been on social media this week, you will know that AGF Plastering are only sponsoring the podcast until the end of the season. So for one of the last times, it's my pleasure to say that AGF Plastering are an Essex-based plastering and rendering company who cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work. And they specialise in silicone colour render systems. And the best part is they offer 15% off for all Leighton Orient fans and staff. So if you want more details on AGF Plastering, you can go and look at their website, which is www.agfplastering.co.uk, or you can email the team at agfplastering.outlook.com or agfplastering on social media. You can find them on Instagram and on Facebook under AGF Plastering on new accounts, I believe, especially on Instagram. Um, so make sure you're following the correct account on Instagram, and you can also find Adam on Twitter. He can be found at Big Ads with a Z L O F C. Nicely done. So, joining us now on the phone, a uh, very special guest that we're delighted uh, to be having on. Uh, just a bit of a background on Sunday, the 22nd of May, the Essex Charity, Charity Cup uh, is back for its fifth event, and this time it's bigger and better than it's ever been before. There's going to be two games in this uh, event. John White's testimonial, that's between Southend Legends and Colchester United Legends, as well as a Southend 11 taking on a Leighton Orient 11. These games will be raising money for the JE3 Foundation, the Justin Edinburgh Foundation, as well as John White's testimonial. And we are delighted to be joined on the line by its founder, Riley Doat. Riley, welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast. For those that perhaps are, haven't seen this on social media or aren't aware, uh, perhaps you want to tell us a little bit about yourself um, and then tell us a little bit about this event and how it's all come about. Brilliant. Hello and thank you for having me on. So um, I originally planned to get this game on in May 2020, but obviously due to lockdown we've had to postpone it. So it's been three years of hard work trying to come up with fundraising ideas in different ways. Um, I started the Essex Charity Cup when I was 13, back in 2016, and each year it's just gone bigger and better. Um, the 2021, obviously Justin played for Southend, and you could see how much his loss impacted so many people, even people who weren't Lane Orient fans, who weren't Southend fans, even people who weren't football fans. So I really wanted to do and help the J3 Foundation because I think what Charlie's done and the rest of the family, I think it's a credit to themselves because, you know, you can experience grief, but to carry that power of and honour your father in that way, I think it's amazing. And, you know, we've raised £2,700 through lockdown. Um, just in ticket sales so far, we're up to about £3,000. So we've already beaten that and it's just going to be a brilliant day. We've got two games of football we've got live music there's going to be a barbecue in the car park you know 
you don't even have to be a football fan to come and enjoy this one. Originally, it was just going to be Southend fans v Leighton Orient fans, but um, we've grown it. We've got Joby McInoff coming back, Josh Wright, um, Matt Harold, who obviously played Southend as well. Got Josh Colson, who's hopefully going to do 45 minutes for each team. Hopefully, he only scores for the blue one, though. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you know, the second game as well, there's going to be a lot of legends back. We've got Niall Ranger, who, you know, he'll hopefully catch the eye. We've got players like Simon Cox, Tom Eastman, and hopefully a few more big names that are going to be announced soon as well. So, Riley, how do you get this over the line? Because, you know, I'm aware that it's the fifth kind of chat, the fifth event that you've done. But how do you go to a club like Southend or Leighton Orient and Colchester and go, I want to put this on and I like your involvement? How do you get the connections? How does it all work? Yeah, so it's been it's been stressful, I'm not going to lie. You know, I started with not one connection in the game. No one in my family, no friends. It was just 20 year nines that wanted to play football at Roots Hall. But I've always, I've never settled for anything. You know, I, I, it, I know it sounds a bit, but I always try and take it to the next stage. You know, the first year we did £700, the year after we doubled it, the year after we'd done even more. And it's just, you know, I've always felt like if you can help someone, you should. And I can do put all the hours in, I can make all the programmes, but if people didn't help, then it would be pointless. So... It's only got to this stage because of the kindness of other people that want to help others. And, you know, we always see on the news and in the community that it just seems to be bad. But there's a lot of good out there. And, you know, even from a 90-minute game of football, you can impact someone's life. Mm. You know, since football's been back this year, even my own mental health has gone back to, you know, the stages it was before. And it just goes to show the power of football. Like, I can't believe that in three weeks I'm going to be sharing a pitch with my heroes, basically. And that just all came from a game of year nines. Wow. Very good, mate. Very good. So, John White is a South End, former South End yes. Sorry for my lack of uh, my lack of knowledge there. Okay, so, no so there's a testimonial so, uh, for yeah, him. Yeah, John's, John's from Essex. He spent 15 years at Colchester in their academy and then he uh, got promoted with Colchester. And then he joined us in 2012, where he's been ever since. And he's uh, 35 now, so I'm sure he won't mind me saying that he's getting on a bit. But he's, uh, yeah, we don't know if it's the end of his career. We don't know if it's the end of his self-end career. But we want to celebrate. It's something he deserves. He captained us to our first promotion at Wembley. Um, He's loved by everyone in Essex. But, you know, I think... I came into contact with John this year, obviously supported him over the years, and he's just a nice, genuine guy. You don't even have to be a South End fan, and he's got time for everyone. We uh, spent Tuesday night before the game selling tickets, and even a love train for him by so many people, it just felt right to connect to him. Obviously, Justin spent time at South End, and he spent time at Leighton Orient. John White spent time at South End and Colchester, and it just felt like the right idea to connect all three clubs because even though there is that rivalry on the pitch, bigger things can happen off it and hopefully that's what this day will show. Absolutely. That's great to hear, Riley. So you've mentioned a few of the Orient legends who are playing, but tell us a few more because I believe people like John Mackey, who you've not mentioned the play, and Mackey's, yeah. Mackey's quite a big draw um, and very well yeah. respected to the O. So tell us, tell us, let's sell it to the Orient fans. And so what Orient legends can you be seeing on the day? 
Yeah, so we're, I'm hopefully still waiting to hear back on a few more, but this game is a mix of legends and fans. So we've got, obviously, Charlie Edinburgh's managing, and then we'll have Joby McEnough, Josh Wright. Uh, Dean Brill will be coming back to play Brill, goal. Brill. <laughs> uh, John Mackey, who, like you said, he'll be playing. Then we've got Matt Harold and Josh Colson. And I'm waiting on two or three more who will uh, hopefully be able to come down as well and give me an answer during the week. And we've also got Danny Macklin playing as well as our CEO. Fantastic. Just for some uh, entertainment involved in there as well. <laughs> That's amazing. So, um, again, obviously for those that, that haven't seen, where is the event taking place? How can people get get tickets for this? And what sort of cost are people looking at for the tickets? Yep, so it's at Roots Hall Stadium on Sunday the 22nd. The South MV Lake Norwich game's at half 11, um, which I, I know is an early one. But... Um, We'll be selling tickets online via the ticket sellers or they're on our Twitter page at Essex Charity Cop. They're £12 for adults in advance or £15 on a day. And in that ticket, you get to see both games of football. You can leave in between the games. We'll have stalls and that set up in the car park so you haven't got to sit in the same seat for a few hours. And we just want to really get as many people as possible. Lovely. Very nice and great worthy cause as well. I think you've, you've really um, connected the dots on this really, really nicely, Aradi. Thank you very much indeed uh, for, for coming on and for giving up some of your Sunday evening to chat to us. It's, uh, it's really easy for people to get tickets and, and if anybody uh, listening wants to um, get involved and, and, uh, and go uh, and aren't sure, then DM us and, and we'll, we'll put you in touch with, with the uh, Twitter account and Riley as well. Riley, thank you, mate. Much appreciated. Good Brilliant. luck with this event. It, it's absolutely stellar. And, uh, yeah, anything we can do to help you, just let us know. Brilliant. Thanks so much, and hopefully see you both there. Hopefully. Take care. Brilliant. Thank Bye. you, guys. So that was Riley. Though, what a top young gentleman doing that. I, I bet he can't believe it. I bet he's pinching himself that he'll be showing the pitch with some of his South End legends. So Sunday, the 22nd of May, you heard it here, half past 11 Orient Legends taking on a South End Legends team. Get to see a lot of those promotion winning boys and you get to raise money for the JE3 Foundation. Well done to all involved there. So there's no AOB this week. Time to move on in with the week that was. We'll start with Happy Monday, the 25th of April. And it was a quiet day at the club <laughs> with no news to report. But to Hue Tuesday, the 26th yes. of April, was slightly different because an Orient 11 took on a Huddersfield Town B side in a behind-closed-doors friendly at Brisbane Road. That kicked off at 2 o'clock. The team lined up with Byrne in goal, Sweeney, a trialist, Papadopoulos, Soji, another trialist, Harvest, Young, Nakruma, Obiero and Tanga. Substitutes for this one were Sam Sargent, um, R. Pegram, C. Pegram, Lorenzo, Eaton, Saponara, and APAC. I can't remember what R Pegram. I know it's Charlie Pegram, but I can't remember what the R is. I can't remember. Sorry. Okay, Paul can't remember that. We'll go through the game very briefly. Lots of talking points. Lots of goals in this one. The O's went 1-0 up in the 16th minute. Zobiero was brought down in the box. He stepped up to take the penalty. He's only gone and it down the middle of the goal, hasn't he? 1-0 to the O's. Huddersfield equalised through Headley in the 34th minute. It was that score, 1-0 until half-time. Second half... Loads of goals in this one. 66 minute, Aaron's Huddersfield 2-1 up. Apat equalised shortly after. He made it 2-0. And in 78th minute, Sweeney 
Putios three two up after he was played in by Tanga. In the 89th minute, Huddersfield won a penalty. Rowe was brought down. He got up, scored it to make it three all. But who doesn't love a late goal? 91 minutes on the clock. Sweeney prodded the ball in at the far post from a rebound to get the fourth O's goal of the match. We won the game 4-3. A massive well done to the young O's. What a game that would have been. What an absolute legend game. <laughs> Brilliant. Well done to all the youngsters there. There were a number of League 2 fixtures played in the evening, but we stayed in 13th place as Crawley Town were beaten away at Mansfield. It meant we could still achieve 12th place in League 2 if results went their way over the next couple of games and it transpires that they yes, did. Yes, we'll come on to that a bit yeah. later on. Moving on into Wednesday, the 27th of April. Quite a day at the club, but we'll always remember the 27th of April as the day when Orient played out. Quite a boring 0-0 draw at home to Braintree. It wasn't the best match. No. I don't think we'll, that match will live long in the memory. The party started when that full-time whistle went. As we won promotion and a National League, we're back in the Football League. What a day and weekend that was only three years ago it feels like a isn't lifetime that, isn't ago. that crazy what's happened in those three years it feels like so much longer ago now it was great yeah. to see people showing their videos again on our Twitter feed and giving us tweets about the day yes, the day and the Starman that we'll always remember great to see Starman returning next summer something that we've always 100%. looked forward to as fans and you won't get a better Starman than the promotion one but hopefully this time next year We'll we be celebrating be, another promotion absolutely. and we'll all be ready to get back on those tables and sing Orient songs well into the night. Absolutely. And done by the supporters club so that it's a real supporters event. Love it. <laughs> Love to hear that and looking forward to, to that one as well. So Thursday the 28th of April then, on that day, 60 years ago, the O's overcame Berry to gain promotion to the top flight of the English football, of English football for the first and only time. Wow. Yeah. What a day. Me, 60 years ago. Me and you born 20 years too late. Yeah. At least 20 years too late for yeah. that one. It's another historic day for the club. Also, on the 28th of April, the club opened its votes for player of the season. Quite a few nominees for this one. Tom James, Connor Wood, Paul Smith, Craig Clay, Harry Smith, Theo Archibald, Alex Mitchell, Aaron Drynan, Darren Prattley, Omar Beckles, where else to you? Lawrence Figaro, Shad Ogie, and Hector Cipriano, so quite a few nominations there, I guess. But quite a few not nominated, yeah. like Jordan Brown, Ethan Coleman, Adam Thompson, Dan Happy, Otis Khan. Obviously, no surprise that George Ray, Dan Moss, Callum Riley, and Frank Nouvelet <laughs> uh, weren't nominated. I think that would have made a bit of a mockery of it. But for me, I think Lawrence Vigaru, Shad Ogie, Theo Archibald, and Aaron Drynan have a huge shout from my perspective. They're all worthy. Um, they're all worthy of it. Um, certainly, those that like Craig Clay only played half a season really exactly. before he got injured. Yeah. But the effort and and the uh, performances that he put in um, were certainly worthy of putting him up there. Um, but I, I certainly think Viggs, Ogie, Archibald, and Drynan are probably one of them four. Okay, yeah, for me, I think there's only one for me. It's Vigaru. I think you make a point. I think Ogie takes young player of the season hands down if he mm. doesn't something's gone drastically wrong I think mm. he takes young player I think he walks it Theo if I remember right he was injured for like a month or two and went off the boil for like a few weeks I don't think he mm. takes it and I think the same with Drynan mm. I think before Richie came over I think we were kind of not too impressed with Drynan he went through a dry spell had an injury went and cut his ear to the away fans I think Drynan's been amazing since Wedding has been here I think if Paul Smith had played all season it's a nomination no that you wouldn't ignore, but obviously he's only been around the first team since February. Yeah. 
March again. But interesting to see, and obviously it's a public vote, so it could go any number of ways. We look forward to seeing who wins that. Absolutely, and the winner gets announced uh, before the game on Saturday. That yeah, because the so awards ceremony is now not taking on the pitch. place on the Sunday. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we'll see um, what happens with that one. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's a popularity contest at the end of the day. It's not necessarily about who's done the most, contributed the most, or been the best player at the end of the day. Friday the 29th of April then, as we move on, uh, the club announced its nominees for goal of the season, and there were seven nominees. Ruel Sotorio's goal against Bradford from that outrageously tight angle. Yeah, goal number two, Theo Archibald versus Exeter, where we played out from the back, just seven passes, but cut open Exeter, who were probably going to go and win the league, like it was easy peasy, and Theo Archibald... Slotted home beautifully from that one. Yeah, goal three was Harry Smith against Sutton. His volley from the edge of the box as they tried to clear it out. Banging goal. Goal number four, Ruel Satiri versus Colchester. Smashed it in from the edge of the box. Lovely strike there from young Ruel. Yeah, goal five was Theo Archibald against Stevenage. He curled a top bins effort from the edge <laughs> of the box. He certainly did. Goal six, Paul Smith against Rochdale. The 30-yard banger that a lot of people seem to have missed in the ground. I can't believe it. I know Bearded Legende missed I it. I know a lot of other people who missed it as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Goal seven was Paul Smith against Barrow where he's curled one in from a really tight angle. Uh, all worthy. Yeah, all worthy. There can only be one winner. I think there's two for me that stand out there. First of all, Harry Smith versus Sutton. That was an app. He'll, Harry Smith will never strike a ball better than that way. He struck it against Sutton but I think You'd have to be a fool to discount Paul Smith, or Paul Smythe as we call him, against Barrow from that tight angle. I mm. think one of those two for me takes it hands down, although Paul Smith again against Rochdale for me is probably my favourite just in the way it came. Like We were one nil down, boring game, it was a bit cold, weren't looking like we were going to equalise and he yeah. picks up the ball and just turns it into the top corner. Yeah. So, Interesting to see what that would come down to. Your For me, I'm slightly different. I think Ruel's against Bradford because he had no right to score that. That was an even tighter angle than than Paul Smythe's. Um, and Theo's against Exeter uh, as an overall team, team goal because my favourite goal, I keep mentioning it, was when Ollie Palmer won the ball back, passed it to Sammy Moore, over to Sean Clahessey and into Blair Turkey. It, it has remnants of that. So for me, I think that's a that's probably... Um, the most complete goal has that involved so many players yeah we'll find out on that one again on Saturday at half past two when that gets awarded again that's a public vote that could go so many ways interesting to see who's gonna win get voting that one also on Friday a very busy day as it continued to happen CEO Mark Devlin put out a statement on the club's website so we won't go through all of it but he did make a few points that are worth mentioning he mentioned the managerial change, which I guess is understandable considering he came in when Kenny Jackett was manager and had to probably be part of a difficult decision very early on in his Orient reign to change mm-hmm. management. So from Jackett to Welland. Yeah, he also mentioned season cards and the fact that prices have had to go up and why they've had to go up. Uh, also the fact that we're going to be moving to a uh, new ticketing system that is run by Ticketmaster in the new season. Um, so season ticket sales won't be affected if you're doing that at the moment. Uh, it's been strong so far. The number of uptakes has been quite strong so far. Uh, and obviously why the under-11 season ticket has been scrapped. So we're still getting a lot of tweets about the under-11 season tickets. And you know what? It's nice because people are making their points and they're not calling Devlin names and not being personal against him. They're making their points. And it's at the moment, it's all very nice. People make good points, good engagement, which is yeah. what the podcast... Um, 
is all about. So great to see that engagement still coming. And obviously, we will tweet whatever um, comes in. But it's really interesting reading some of the points. And you think, actually, I didn't think of it from that perspective. Yeah, and like, it's now like, like we said, I got a message from uh, my mate Johnny, who sits in the in the north yeah, side with, yeah. with his two kids. Um, and it's like it's gone up extra, it's gone up a lot for him yeah. and that's what we were saying last week wasn't it how it doesn't affect you and me but if I was to bring my son if I was to bring Theo and you was to bring one of your girls and we were to sit there we'd be upset about it because be, we, yeah, we, we're yeah, just spending like a hundred and something pound more on, on our or whatever it is more on our season tickets so I feel for those that genuinely bought their kids and were coming every single week rather than those that bought it and thought well if I get two two games out yeah, of it yeah. I've done alright and, the and problem, not is, is punishing everybody when when it when I'm, and an unfortunate minority are caught up in that That's yeah we mentioned it last week we and did we can't keep going over old ground but they can't they don't they obviously don't know that Johnny's been to most of, most the, of games. the games with his kid and they don't know that I don't know Ryan from down the road has been to one without his kid they can't tell because no, they don't have that information the so good, yeah. yeah also Mark covered a lot about stadium refurbishment so he mentioned floodlights he mentioned redecorating and repairing facilities in the stadium. He mentioned improving the PA. Obviously, we spoke about that last week and had, again, a lot of Twitter engagement around that early last week. Yeah, uh, our mate Cliff um, had a meeting with Neil, who's the stadium manager or safety manager, uh, raised concerns about that as well. So a few people got in touch with us last week about that. I think Janine Adaman picked up on, yeah. on that in last week's show as well. Yeah, a lot of people on that one. And also mentioned that we're exploring the idea of a digital perimeter advertising and a giant screen, which would be more than just a scoreboard, but something that could really add to the experience. So basically a massive advert where they can charge for companies to put their put basically. their branding on it, basically, to yeah. not beat around the bush. So yeah. interesting to see where they can put that uh, within the ground. Also went on to mention be parking. On the, it'd be on the East End. I imagine it'd be on the, the East End. The TV. Yeah, absolutely. Parking. Mentioned the end of season awards and a bit more, which we won't go into, but well worth a read. Fair play to Mark Devlin um, for that. Interesting f- yeah. to read as an Orient fan. It's, you know, some of the stuff he was mentioning, I thought, okay, fair play. I wonder if the, there was no talk of the pitch. Usually they do some drainage or uh, some overhaul of the pitch. I heard you know, Nigel spoken a lot about Deso pitches and all of that. I wonder if that's kind of been parked now whether that might be something that we could look forward to I think you mentioned it or some someone mentioned it where I was sitting uh, in the last game how good the pitch looks normally get to this point in the season That'll and it looks better done the pitch looks fantastic that you know the right side the left side or the right side depending on what way you're looking at the pitch from or where it doesn't get any sunlight because it's blocked that looks. I know the sports club donated the amount of money to put something underneath it or to do something with the grass like shed, there, yeah. but an aerator that looks absolutely fine. The yeah. whole pitch looks fine, so they're probably thinking, actually, do you know what? Like, keep it exactly as it is. It looks great. So yeah, yeah, lots of interesting points. That wasn't it though. Yeah, um, for Friday. It, yeah, because at four o'clock it was the club's AGM, which has been streamed live on YouTube. It's available to watch back, although it did miss the beginning uh, of it out. It covered the financial highlights from the twenty. 21 year, the financial year. Nigel said that there is a rumour that League One and League Two games will be live streamed. That's a rumour. If Nigel's saying it's a rumour, it's it's probably like a fairly decent rumour because I don't don't reckon he'd be going mentioning that on the AGM if. uh, Oh, he's not seen it on the. If uh, Terry Terry from the South goes, oh, Nigel heard about this rumour. Yeah, yeah, he's not read that on the forum or the message board. Uh, Mark Devlin commented and said that uh, the aim, in his notes the aim is to be League One playoff contenders 
in the next four to five uh, seasons, so um, or three to four seasons, I beg your pardon. So, um, you know, that's the ambition and drive uh, from board level. Uh, they're also looking at new training facilities. Uh, they're also looking to improve the retail offering. There's some space in the east stand. Not sure if they're going to move the whole retail outlet to there or, or have two outlets or what. Uh, and as you said um, uh, previously, new floodlights are looking to get championship standard floodlights which are, are not cheap um, so that's kind of like doing that now yeah. Marshall Taylor commented on the training facilities because he's the board member that's leading the charge on that he said there's two potential sites that have been found one that has buildings on it at the moment one that is just a field um, they're looking for specific pieces of land they can't have yeah. certain criteria about it um, so yeah so they're, they're investigating those Martin Ling said that Richie Wellens will have a top six, top seven budget next season because the question that was put to him was, will Richie have as much or a different budget yeah. to what Kenny Jacket had? Uh, Martin also commented that there are 18 players under contract for next season, uh, eight are out of contract and there are five that are on loan from other clubs. Very good, very good. Sounds like it's a worth a watch if yeah, you, you get the chance. Hour, yeah, 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 yeah. I've watched part of it but not all of it so again nice to see that being done so a busy Friday and let's move on to Saturday the 30th of April and the youth team were in action in a top of the table clash away to Luton Town it was the final day of the season and it was a must win game for the O's they were two points behind their opponents I think it was nil nil half time but sadly the young O's fell to a one nil defeat but they did create a few good chances so they finished second in their league should feel immensely proud of their achievement, I mean, Luton, a championship club, might even be a Premier League club by the end of this season. Looks, looks like they're going to get in the playoffs. So all we can say is well done to the youth, an amazing season. I think that was also mentioned on the academy, the strength of the, um, the academy and how strong the academy currently team. is. So well done to Alex Lawless, well done to Brian Saar, well done to everyone involved in that. And you've only got to look at the team at the moment and see some of these young players yeah. starting to crack through. Obiero and Krumar. Um, Burns have been on the bench more often than not this season in yeah. place of Sergeant Papadopoulos has come Matt Young so lots of players who are going to be sniffing yeah. around I think Wellens has mentioned it more than once how important it is to get youth players up around the first team squad yeah. so yeah well done well done to the youth team Absolutely. So the main event of the day was Crawley Town away. And as always, we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you think we'd get on uh, in this one. And after just 173 votes in 24 hours, we launch it on a Thursday night. Uh, 12% thought we'd lose. 27% thought there'd be a draw. But an overwhelming 61%, the majority wins, thought we'd win. Yeah, absolutely. As always, a massive thanks to everyone who voted. So at 2 o'clock on Saturday... The team was announced with Vigoru in goal at the back. Brown, Mitchell, Beckles and Wood with Khan and Kipriano in the middle. And Obiero, Paul Smythe, Theo Archibald and Aaron Drynan up top, which meant on the bench, Sam Sargent, Jaden Sweeney, Matt Young, Ethan Coleman, Rion Smith-Kawazi and Daniel Nkrumah. Yeah, that starting eleven saw a few changes to our last as Dan Prattley and Harry Smith miss out with injury and Ruel Soturiu is ill. Well done though to Zech Obiero who made his full for a football league debut and Rion Smith Kwasi is named in the match day squad for the first time. I mean, barring um, Rion and Zech, uh, I pre it's pretty much as I would have expected. I've got nine out of eleven on Fan Hub. 
for that, which I'm quite proud about. So, but congrats, as you quite rightly said earlier, congratulations to Zetch and Rion. Mm. Fantastic for them to be involved, and long may the uh, the bloodline continue. Yeah, interesting that um, Jordan Brown, right back. Yeah. Didn't see that one coming. I had him on my fan up, but I had him in the middle. Same. Um, so interesting that Brown can play oh, right back. Good. Wasn't aware of that one. Big chances for Brown. I mean, that right back slot is going as far you know for a backup for Tom James when he's back. But for the rest of the season, it gives him a good chance to impress. Richie, big chance for Obiero to get in his plans, Richie's plans for next season. Um, and also looking at it, I mean, we've sent back loan players who weren't ever going to come back to the club. So George Ray's gone back. Yeah. New player's gone back. Alex Mitchell's still starting. Dan Moss. For the O's, yeah. yeah. Dan Moss's gone back. So make of that what you will. Maybe Wellens is going quite, quite fancy Mitchell for next season. Do you reckon we can get it done? Yeah. Who knows? Interesting, though, that Mitchell is started. Obviously, Shad was suspended, so it kind of makes Mitchell a no-brainer yeah. to put on there. But some big opportunities there. Only six subs as well, I noted. So... Don't know whether injuries are playing a part in that. Whether could we couldn't get another youth team player. Yeah, I presume they wanted more loot and loot for for that one. But yeah, yeah interesting, interesting there. Yeah, so the match got underway in West Sussex and in the third minute, Aaron Drynan and then Theo Archibald worked hard to close down former Orient goalkeeper Glenn Morris and managed to block his clearances. Yeah, penalty shout for the O's in the fifth minute. Wouldn't it be the only penalty shout the O's had? Paul Smith's cross appeared to hit Hessenthaler's arm. The ref wasn't interested and he waved play away, but we're not going to slack the ref off in this one because the ref is a Done legend. Us a solid. <laughs> Done us a real solid. A minute later, we were ahead though. Nice piece of Route 1 football. Saw the ball played out by Lawrence Vigarou. His intended target was Theo Archibald, who'd expertly timed his run, stayed onside, took one touch to control the ball, another to lob Glenn Morris, I think from just outside the box, and made it 1-0 to the O's with his eighth goal of the season. That was a ridiculous goal. From whatever Simple. whatever angle you look at it from, the ball um, from Vince to Archibald couldn't have been any better. Archibald times his run perfectly to get around the back of the defence and he just dinks it over the keeper. Again, if that's like a Barcelona goal, you're probably raving about the coolness of Archibald's finish, the way he just dinks it and doesn't even think about it. Great goal. Um, love to see it. Great start for Maureen. Yeah, sometimes football is not a complicated game. It's a very straightforward game. And here we found Route 1 football and it's gone straight through and with a quality player on the end of it. I mean, when you watch the closer look and you can just see him arch and curve his run, fantastic. Uh, really good goal. Great pass from Viggs. Great touches from Theo uh, as well. So, yeah, great to be there. Yeah, shortly after then, in the 16th minute, the O's won a penalty as Paul Smith was brought down in the box. No hesitation from the ref, who immediately pointed to the spot. Blatant penalty there. Yeah, Easy decision to make. What I will say, though, there is that Smith... That's what he can win you yeah. as well. He creates the chance out of nothing. He's midway inside their half when he picks up the ball, just finds the gap, drives through it. If anything, he miscontrols the ball before he gets balled down. He kind of loses it from his control. But that kind of works in his benefit because he manages to get it back, just nip it past the defender, slides in, blatant penalty. Well done, Paul Smith there. Absolutely spot on. Aaron Drynan stepped up, hit low and straight down the middle. Glenn Morris saved it with his feet. But Drynan was first to the rebound, but his header was comfortably caught by Glenn Morris because there wasn't enough power on it. I always say that if you hit the target, fair enough, and I keep going. But with an experienced keeper like Glenn Morris, if you're going to hit it down the middle, I think Morris is always going to know what's coming. I think Glenn Morris is so experienced. Always got to be off the season, ground. His legs were like... Always got to be off the ground. Him. So 
unlucky there. We still haven't scored a penalty, I believe, since January 2020. It's too long, isn't it? <laughs> it's too long. It's like two and a half years nearly. But, but like, like, I don't think, and I've always said this, that a pro player should miss a penalty. But if you're going to... If you're gonna get it on, if you're gonna miss, get it on target. Make the yes. keeper work for it. So I've got no problem with that. Yeah. But I think I think you're right. It should have just been should have just been up in the air rather than low on the if, ground. If he scores down the middle, he's a legend. If he misses, we slag him off and go, mate, yeah. you should be put well, down no, the middle. Well, no, he, he, he did the right thing. He got it on target, and Glenn Morris got lucky. Yeah, absolutely. 18th minute, Vigoru had to be sharp. He made a good save from a Crawley attack in the follow-up though Kipriani done very well to block what looked like a certain equaliser so quite an entertaining game at the moment the first 18 minutes we've take, we've scored a great goal we've missed a penalty and Crawley yeah. coming back at us yeah absolutely uh, 26 minutes on the clock penalty shot for Crawley waved away after Hutchinson went down a little bit too easily in the Orient box legendary ref legendary ref <laughs> I like this guy a can, minute can you ref us every week so this happened a bit in the game and I've only watched I've not watched close enough I've just watched the highlights it's about 3 or 4 Orient attacks that all start with Vigor again looking up and just pinging the ball across the pitch he'd done it again in, the tw- mm. in that 27th minute he again tried to make something happen he found Drynan on the left with a ball straight into his feet I wonder if that's been working in training that must have been something the, the scouting system I would imagine so yeah mm. literally Drynan got the ball in the Crawley defence made a mess of the clearance came to Jordan Brown hit it it was going in the bottom corner Morris the cat Saved his shot well. He did. 28 minutes on the clock. Now it's just shy of the half hour. Mark Paul Smythe tried his luck from the edge of the box, but his effort flew over. 31st minute in the O's on the attack. Morris rushed out of goal to clear. Paul Smythe got to the ball first, but he tried to lift the ball over defender into the net. But Tunnicliffe recovered well. Chance gone. Yeah, 37 minutes on the clock. Still 1-0 to the O's. Connor Wood had plenty of space down our left-hand side. His cross found Jordan Brown. Morris made a great save as he stretched his right to prevent the goal. Yeah, three minutes of time added on. In the first minute, Paul Smith's Howe shot. Looked like it was going in the bottom corner, but Francietti made a block. Nothing further to report in this one, with the first half ending 1-0 to the stronger side, the mighty yeah. Leighton Orient. We've certainly been the stronger this half. Uh, attendance was announced 3,473, with 688 away. Wow. Yeah, well played to all those fans. No changes at half-time for the O's. Second half got underway. Beckles had to be sharp early on. He denied Hutchison a chance in the 46th minute. 54th minute in, a long-range effort from Tilly. Wasn't on target. So we're going to fast forward, and it was the first Orient sub on the hour mark. Now, Azech Obiero was replaced by Ethan Coleman. I think well in Sydney's post-match, that Obiero was like done. Legs are gone after Legs 55. Legs have gone after 55. Do you know, fair, fair play, yeah. because he's playing against stronger, bigger... Athletes, and it sounds like in the uh, in the youth. It sounds like he done ninety minutes in the Huddersfield game before he scored in that penalty in that. So big week for Obiero yeah. playing some very very challenging Good football. For him. Absolutely, Good well for done, him. young man. Jordan sounds like a nice guy as well. I listened to his interview. Oh, I like read that. Nice yeah, guy. all right, nice, nice one, boy, yeah. Jordan Brown had a great chance to double the lead in the sixty seventh minute. Ethan Carman found him with a good pass, but. Jordan misfired and the shot came to nothing. Three minutes later, we went close again as another Vigoru goal kick found Aaron Drynan on the left. His cross was poorly defended and Theo Archibald nipped in, rounded Morris and his shot was heading for the back of the net. But Ferry cleared it off the line. It was unlucky there. I think something that leapt out to me is that Wellens has made a point about praising Drynan for his work rate. That was in that close look against Swindon and he mentions it in yeah. this post-match. That's exactly why... Wellens loves Dryden he fights for the ball in the corner and looks like he's not going to get anywhere manages to get a superb cross and then from that we're pretty much 
are so unlucky or so close to making it 2-0. So well played there for Dryan and 71st minute in, second change for the O's. Otis Khan came off. He was replaced by Dan and Krumah. Starting to see Krumah now get a bit of game time. I think that's Absolutely. the third match in a row he's been on four and he's getting like 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Getting some decent... Decent game that time. Game, absolutely. Six minutes later, and it was the final change for the O's as Paul Smythe was taken off for Matt Young. Yeah, 81st minute in. Good drive from Dan and Krumer. He got into the Crawley area. Franklin recovered there with a strong tackle. Charles gone. Yeah, four minutes later in the 85th, Alex Mitchell was booked for a handball from the resulting free kick. Francillette headed over. Yeah, 88th minute in. Vigor had to be alert. He tipped over Otis free kick and let's come on to the point that everyone's listening for so go on Mr Levy this is, the, game. This is the reason this game will be met, uh, remembered uh, for a very long time a la Leeds when we uh, when we were uh, on the, the opposite end of this so the big talking point with time running out Crawley drove forward on the right pass was played to Tilly his shot hit the bar appeared to bounce behind the line and then out of the goal with Lawrence Vigoury recovering possession of the ball. I've not done that a particularly uh, just service there because it was a brilliant shot. Turns out it was a goal. Uh, the Crawley players protested to the referee that the, it was the equalising goal. The referee decided it wasn't as Crawley fans couldn't believe it. And following their protest, both Nadison and Young were booked a couple of minutes later as this melee carried on. I mean, clearly had gone in. Um, check the video that we tweeted that you tweeted uh, and call huge stroke of luck for us that we never ever get um, just shows you how poor the officials are in this league it's not even close it's not even like an England Germany 66 Correct. where you, people are still trying to analyse that to this day because it ball literally bounced on the line. like it was well over the line like, to well be fair I feel quite sorry for the ref that's not the ref's the line the linesman's the line should have that covered but Massively luck for us. The thing that always makes me laugh, and I don't like speaking, I always feel calm comes back around if you slate another team, but when it bounces, and in the video we put out, you can clearly see all the home fans celebrating and going mental, and you can see them all like putting their head on their hands when it's apparent that the referee hasn't given it. And I yeah. think even Vigoru in his post-match says, like, I thought it was, it was a goal. goal. Richie like, Rennan says it was a goal. <laughs> yeah. But it was a goal. We can say that now, though, because... It, we, it, we, we can laugh about it, because... A, it hasn't affected, if anything, well, it's done a positive on our result, yeah. and B, it's not happened to us, and we can laugh about it, because it, our relegation or promotion isn't hindering on, on this game. Yeah. If it was a game of more importance, or it was happening against us, we livid. would be livid, and the tweets we would be reading out would all be based around the referee. Okay, However, yeah. like you said, you know, I don't remember that happening since Leeds, and you've only got to look back and go, it was a bloody long time ago since that happened against Leeds. So... Yeah, why not? Let's celebrate it. Absolutely. Because in another 15, 20 that's, years, that's same, the same thing's going to happen. Yeah. That's calm to happen to around. us. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> five minutes of time <laughs> were added on and the drama still wasn't over. In the fourth minute of that, Adam Dryan, Aaron and ran half the length of the pitch, but Morris came to close the angle and Drynan shot wide. At that point, I think we're going to get a nice little 1-0. 1-0, cheeky little 1-0, yeah. Uh, snatch and grab. But Drynan got his reward for all his hard work. And his earlier penalty miss that he made amends for in the fifth added minute with a move that started deep in our half as a clearance came to Theo Archibald on the touchline. He flicked it onto Matt Young who immediately played a superb forward pass into Aaron Drynan's stride and he ended up curling it past Glenn Morris to make it 2-0. Great goal, that. Yeah, I thought Drynan deserved that. I think yeah. Matt Young, though, well-played young man, makes a great pass. Yeah. Exactly where Drynan wants it. Finishes it. Uh, emphatically, I'd say, Drynan. It finishes like he's got about 30 goals this season. 
yeah, it's confident. beautifully beyond Morris. Yeah, and absolutely. I think, you know, we mentioned how much Wellens rates Drynan, but Wellens rates Drynan, but I think it's clear to see also how much Drynan rates Wellens at the same time, playing his heart out for the guy, which we didn't always see under the previous manager. So you've got to say well done to Wellens for motivating the man. And good to see Drynan getting back on track at that point. If you're an Orient fan, you're sitting there laughing your head off. Because yeah, it should be one or If you're a Crawley fan, you're absolutely doing your nuts. But this yeah. isn't the Crawley outlook. This is your own outlook. <laughs> so we're going to have a good old laugh about it. So never mind. There were no further talking points. Match finished 2-0 to the mighty O's with all three points coming back up the M23 in our final away game of the season. Things you love to see. Absolutely. What a great way to, uh, <laughs> to finish your away fixtures. So Richie Wellens is... Uh, video um, post-match interview is on the club's YouTube channel so if you want to hear that it's about six or seven minutes I think so uh, go and listen to it on there but a couple of the yeah big the talking points. points it talks about getting a winning mentality that I think is starting now you can see that on the pitch now that the mentality has changed like we're not a defending team we're an attacking team and that's what they're for I think the thing that caught my eye the most is he said he wants to get business done early with the remaining players who he can do business with so he mentioned uh, Tom James it will come as no surprise because we all know he's out of contract got a one year deal yeah and in the AGM Martin said a contract had been put forward fine absolutely yeah. so you mentioned Tom James you also mentioned Ross to you that won't, won't be a surprise we all know yeah. his contract expires and um, uh, well his loan expires but he's got another year with Lincoln sorry, that, that, who have just sacked Michael Appleton that, that was sorry I I we'll come on to the Archibald sorry. he mentioned he wants to get Archibald tied down but like yeah. you said Appleton has left Lincoln City so I think that one looked to me like it would be done and dusted. However, if you're the new man coming in at Lincoln, you'd go, right, we finished, I need to see everyone. We finished 18th in the league. We've obviously had a problem scoring goals. I won't go in a minute. We've got a player at a League Two club. He's stats. He scored eight goals. He's got ex- he must have a decent amount of assists for you, I'm guessing. Mm. Why is he at Lincoln? Right? Why haven't he mm. That's my only fear. I fear mm. I might go, actually, do you know what? New gaffer. I don't feel like an Lincoln player anymore. I'm, I like Leighton Orient. I like London. He's made no secret. Yeah. I'm saying he's got a lot of friends in London. So hopefully that one gets done. But, you know, if Lincoln appoint a big-name manager, which isn't beyond the realms of possibility, and Theo goes, actually, do you know what? That's a great appointment. Or, you know, football is quite a small uh, game in the scheme of everyone seems to know everyone at some yeah. point. Yeah. He might go, that's a great appointment, actually. They, he, the gaffer spoke to me. He wants to keep me for the first six months, actually. I don't want to try my hand again, yeah. Lincoln. Hopefully that doesn't happen, and we're playing devil's advocate. But something that... Probably wasn't on the cards a week or so ago. We thought, well, we served just the requirements at Lincoln. However, now, he game might changed. not be. Game changed. The fact that he might not like Lincoln as much as he likes London will only be counterbalanced by, does he want to play League One football or League yeah, Two football under, yeah. really, under Richie Wellens? Uh, that's, that's really going to be the counterbalance because, yeah, it's important. Like His family and friends are down here, so yeah. he's got... He's got that, whereas up in Lincoln, he hasn't. So, yeah, it all plays on his mind. Like, all right, I'll give up League One football for a season because I know that I believe in Richie Wellens and Leighton Orient and everything. And the jigsaw puzzle actually is more complete for him with us than it is with Lincoln. Yeah, and the only, well, the other player, the fourth player who Richie talked about was Alan Drynan. So, I believe Drynan signed a two-year deal I think he did, in yeah. the summer, but wants the time down for longer. Maybe. So, obviously, you can see how much, like we've spoken about before, so I won't repeat ourselves, how much Wellens is loving the Drynan action. But great interview. Interview, as always, which is always good value in his post-match interview. So go and check that out if you've not already done so. That's what two days old now. So I imagine most people listening to this podcast probably would have done, done that. that. Yeah, absolutely. So the league table, then that win sees us remain in thirteenth, but we're just two points behind Crawley, who are in twelfth place, and we've now 
played 45 games. We won 14, drawn 16, lost 15 of those. We've got a positive goal difference of 16 and we are on 58 points as it stands going into the final game of the season. So quick views from me, superb result, absolutely brilliant. Uh, two goals, a clean sheet, things you love to see. Huge stroke of luck, I think for us, it's fair to say with the, with the disallowed goal. But I think quite importantly, Richie Wellens has got the belief back in the players who seem to be playing with that freedom of expression that they talk about. And I'm not really one for using um, buzzwords that, that, that come out of commentators or, or managers' mouths um, or cliches like that. But it, it is amazing how we went from uh, straight up to straight down with, with, with Kenny Jacket and now we seem to be on that upward trajectory again. It's just confidence. Like We could see that these players knew how to play football technically very good footballers, but the mental side of the game, which is something that Rich has clearly come in and, and given them a lot of structure around, and yeah, absolutely brilliant. You can just see how they're playing, like the the the, the goal, the second goal, Drinan's goal, it's very quick one touch passing on on on, and and Drinan, um, Drinan put it in the back of the net expertly. So it's amazing that we didn't win for three months. <laughs> And yet we can still finish, if results go away on Saturday, we can still finish in the top half of the League 2 table if we finish 12th. Just, yeah. so just, just think about that. Eight weeks, we were sitting here going, you know what? We'd be lucky to avoid relegation. We might get relegated. Yeah. And we've seen you know, Oldham go down and Scunthorpe, who are arguably as big as Leighton on in mm. terms of a club base, if not bigger. Oldham certainly are in my eyes anyway. Mm. Um, but just how important that managerial change was at that time and how well he's done. I think it was 20 out of 32, so it must be now 23 out of 36 points. I think he's taken or something around that. Someone put a form table up based on the last couple of games. I think I went with fourth in the League 2 form table. Yeah, was so top end. He's, he's, done, he's done an amazing job. Imagine what would have happened then if we'd have got Richie in a few games earlier. Yeah, but then you're playing devil's advocate because he might not have had the same impact because he would have done things differently. So I'm never a fan of would, someone. Would he so, though? No, that's but the, he might he might have run into a difficult. You're talking about his, you know, if you pointed him earlier, he might have his first game might have been exited to a way where he would have got beat for that would have been his first game and he would have lost it. And he's not starting to get a run going. He's he's into a world full of defeats. Do you know what I mean? So it's a, it's, yeah. a, it's a difficult. It's strategic. It's, it's easy for people it. to say you can you can do that, or people say, oh, Jacket deserved. Longer, which which you know isn't in my eyes. I don't agree. I, I don't agree. I don't. I don't agree with that. But people had Wadding's not worked out as well. Would have said, "Oh, should have Jacket more time." He's a more experienced manager. But I think you know Wadding's has done since he's been at the club. Amazing to yeah. see what he's done with, with what he's got. Just to finish off my views, huge kudos to the youth team products: Zet, Jobiero, and Rion Smith. Kowalski, although he didn't get on, still uh, uh, good for him to be on the bench and great way to end. The away fixture list for yeah. this season, and you know, Crawley aren't a bit. Of, they're a bit of a bogey side for us. So I think hopefully we put that hoodoo to bed now. Yeah, I mean, decent result. I think you got to take in mind for Crawley, it's a dead rubber. No manager, so Johnny M's still suspended, but still give our players credit for what they've done and the managerial team. And I think we've said it now for the last couple of weeks. You keep winning, you keep breeding confidence and breeding that winning mentality, which is so important to take into next season. So. Another win, another W on the board. The mm. first goal in particular for me was a great goal. Yeah, Literally, like you said, simple but very effective. Missed another penalty. But again, we can sit here and laugh because it hasn't affected the outcome of the game. If yeah. we draw one all, we're probably going, oh, well, if John hadn't scored, that will be two and a half after 16 minutes. It's a different it's game. But, way, yeah, you true. know, we can sit here and laugh about that one. Luck was on our side on Saturday and it has 
luck seems to have been on our side since Wellen's got the job in terms of some decisions make your own that have luck, gone away. Make your own yeah. luck. So hopefully that takes it on to next season. But you know, very happy and I think it's been a difficult season. I think we're all ready for this season to end. Yeah. It's been a long season. However, I wish it wasn't ending because if we had another 10 games to play, you'd be looking at a league table going, actually, if you played 56 league games a season, or it'd probably be on a pretty decent shout given the form they're showing. So, like all good things, the season will come to an end, but it's been a great end to the season. And one that I think most fans are really now looking forward to for the start of the next season. So, you know, fingers crossed we have a good pre-season and get sorted. Absolutely. So those were our views, your views. We had a huge amount of feedback after this match. So thanks to everyone for your views that came into our social media accounts, which, as you know by now, are sponsored by town and country estate agents who are orient-supporting and highly successful estate agents. West Stand season ticket holder, one of the directors is Charlie Paul, and he's offering all Leighton Orient fans and staff a whopping 20% off of his usual fee. So if you're thinking of moving, keep it in the Orient family, save yourself a few quid, call Charlie directly on 07528. 471497 or you can email him uh, charlie at townandcountrypropertysales.co.uk or send him a message on Twitter at charlie underscore paul with an E on the end and just because we're about to read the following tweets out doesn't mean we agree with them. Yeah, so these were all tweets that came into us at Orient Outlook on Twitter. Charlie, it was lovely to meet you on Thursday uh, as kind of sponsors evening. So <laughs> Phil VZ1 started off the tweeting where I said, brilliant, we beat Crawley. And so handily, sticking my neck out that the voodoo is over and we will take six points from them in next season's promotion success. Yeah, uh, Painting Orient tweeted, half a dozen players under 21 putting in a disciplined performance has to augur well for uh, for a balanced and competitive squad next season. Hope so. Jack Will, 2310. Good to see Rishi give the younger players a chance. I would love to see Theo stay next season, but let's keep the good form going and beat Tranmere next week. It's a bit interesting now, actually, next week, on Saturday, in terms of does he start on Krumah and Ebriera again? But knowing that 12, I mean, 12 and 13, there's not much difference, it's one place, but 12 puts you in the top half of the table, 13 puts you in the bottom half, but also knowing that Tranmere have got something to play for. Correct. To it's, you look at it and go, if there was nothing to play for, you might go with a bit more youth. Correct. However, Alex Mitchell's last game for him this yeah. season, potentially. Yeah. Theo Archibald's last game for him, potentially. Rogoff Sotirio's last game, potentially. for him. It's quite because it's not as simple as what it could be. I think doing fan help next week is going to be a bit challenging. Yeah, I think you've just got to go with what you, what yeah. you honestly think will, will, will be played yeah. rather than what... You Rich, think, yeah, you can't outguess Richie otherwise you're going to do No, he's kept, he's kept us on our toes. If many yeah. people have been getting 11s, I, I'd be very tempted to call <laughs> BS on that. At Boats, he said, great result. He said, must win next week to attempt to get 12th and end the season on a high. Always nice to win at Crawley, which boosts the confidence. Richie Wellens did say in his post-match, because Dave asked him, he's not really fussed if it's 12th or 13th, yeah. because it's more about what they're doing and how they're Absolutely. doing it to set the footprint and the, the, the sorry the blueprint for next season yeah good point Richie J Bourne said if only we could score penalties and win at Crawley though we'll take that a goal disallowed for Crawley and I'll also take that best ref and Lino of the season <laughs> <laughs> John W triple nine said the 12th place dream is still alive <laughs> record blue apps said first half we played really well controlled in midfield looked sharper on top dominant and very impressive in the second half Complete opposite. What Crawley did in the first, we did in the second. We looked nervous 
and not comfortable and we couldn't string two passes together. But it was good to get the last minute winner but wouldn't have begrudged them a draw at the death. But I do think Dryden had scored. It's a different game and we would have scored three or four which I think he means the penalty. But alas, 2-0, three points, lots of kids playing. Can't be too unhappy with that. Promotion party 2023 pending. Yeah, Len Chin Chin one said, great to get a win on the last away game. Outplayed Crawley today despite having key players missing. Both keepers played well. Should have scored from our penalty, but credit to Glenn Morris for the double save. Aaron Drynan and Theo Archibald's goals were all taken, uh, were well taken, sorry, on to Tranmere. Yeah, LOFC underscore Ed. So at last we've done it. We've beat Crawley in the league. We were brilliant in the first half. Should have easily been free up. Second half, we had to battle. I'm not sure if their goal was in or not. Ed, it, it was in, mate. Obiero was very good. <laughs> But big shout out to Jordan Brown at right back. He was immense. Yeah, well played, Jordan Brown. You know starting to change yeah. perception of him. I mean, I think when we were speaking about him last month, we were like, "Why did we sign him for? I can't even make the squad." Now he's had like two good games in a row. Yeah. Probably gets to start. I would imagine against Tranmere, probably, and then to season strongly and being Richie, and being Richie's plan for next season. Well done, well done, young young Mister Brown. Like yeah, he played a number of games for the Derby under twenty three. Yeah. But obviously, it's no real setup for playing in league football. Um, Andy underscore PO16 said, should have been four or five ahead at the break and just knew the second half was going to be like that. However, defended well and ground that one out. Obiero did really well. Jordan Brown was man of the match for me. He was excellent. And we could have put him up for player of the yeah, week, we hero of the week. Yeah. We probably should have done, but Lawrence Figger has kept a clean sheet and got an assist. So... Uh, it, it's a tough one. We'll talk about that in a bit, yeah. But yeah, lots of plaudits for Jordan Brown. Jordan Brown, yeah. Good to see Sunshine LOFC says on another day we were out of sight at half time. Overall, a very good display and a deserved win. Theo, man of the match by a country mile. Can, uh, happy birthday, Joe. Billy Carroll yes. GB said first half was great, second half was shocking. Nice to get the win. Unfortunately, the idiots in our end who decided to chant abuse at their own players slightly tank the victory. You might not like certain players, but there's no need to chance a chant abuse at them in the ground yeah that was a tweet that got quite a few comments a few people saying I didn't hear anything a few people saying I'd heard it didn't seem like it was very loud don't know what the chants were um, but yeah thank you as always for your tweet I think there was a few against Hector and a few against Ethan as well necessary shouldn't be doing that yeah absolutely Lenham 4 said first half we were excellent against the poor Crawley side second was very much a reverse but luck finally came to our aid after a season of dodgy decisions was very impressed by Obiero as well you would never have thought it was his debut. Yeah, Brant Rucker, SC. Thoughts on today? Super Richie Wellens. Good win at Crawley, a little welcome luck. Thoughts on tomorrow and the days that follow? Theo, Drynan, Ruel, James, get them signed. And there will be one guy quietly singing Super Martin Ling. Maybe not so quietly. It's not a song you hear very often, so let's hope that does happen. Uh, compositor, the said if Martin Ling needed any further incentive to get the Theo deal done, Today, was it? Sign him up now. Peter Foreman too. So thought Archibald was excellent. Obiero looks a real prospect and Brown had a good game out of position. I do wonder if Pratley and Ruel were ready or, or don't feature in the plans for next season. On the plus side, if it is the case, Mitchell and Theo played, so just maybe. Very good point there about Pratley and Ruel in terms of... I don't think so at all. Well, don't I, know. I, don't agree, I don't agree with that at all. I think they were probably genuinely quite... They were genuine, uh, genuinely unwell because Darren Prattley's played enough games to kick in yeah. well, a new contract. Whether he takes or not is a different story. Well, we you never know what's going on behind the scenes. Obviously, it's one person's view of it potentially, but you know we've you never know if you're going to be deceived 
in football. If Sotiris turned around and said, actually, Gaff, I'm not going to play, I'm signing with X or Y, and I've told you now, and practically has gone, actually, I've got a one-year deal, you've triggered my deal, however, I'm going to go and play you another mm, club. Play devil's advocate. With play it, devil's really advocate, like that, but yeah, yeah, but that's, that's you know, it's interesting to see that. I guess if they both leave in two weeks, three weeks, you actually, well, that's what he's done there. Or if yeah. they both sign new contracts, you go, yeah, amazing bag man one with the penultimate tweets. There's two good goals and a bit of luck with a Crawley one that wasn't given. Started well, but came up with the flip-flops on in the second half. Felt more like a pre-season game than the end of season. Bring on next year. Final word this week goes to Linda Brogan, who said, we did a win at Crawley. Happy days. Perfect away day with perfect company. Well, not quite so perfect because we weren't we there, Linda, uh, but I'm glad you had a good day. It's as good as it's going to get. <laughs> so let us know if you agree or disagree with any of the tweets that have been read out. They were all tweets that came into us at Orient Outlook. So you can give us a tweet on there, or if you're not on Twitter, you can email us at orientoutlook at outlook.com. You can give us our follow on Facebook and on Instagram. We are on Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast, and we are on Instagram at Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast and despite all the demands to get us on TikTok and Snapchat we aren't doing it We're too old yeah, can't be it's working not appropriate. Now. Carol Langley Florist <laughs> Prediction League update our sponsors Carol Langley are an established local business in Chingford East London specialising in bespoke flowers for all occasions and events from a simple thank you to a lavish wedding or event they can help get in touch with John and the team at Carol Langley E4 that's Carol with an E on the end or John's uh, Twitter handle is at EssexBizBIZ so well done to Matty LOFC Evans Shrimpy underscore boy Rob J Bennett Big TB 47 who all correctly predicted 2-0 to get 3 points yeah but Andy Grosner Evilist Mick John McNabeau and Steve White LOFC predicted 2-0 and a scorer so they've got four points. Nobody got the maximum five points in this one. So with one game remaining, Wadsy leads the way on 32 points. It's going to have to be a hell of a swing for Leighton Ori, who's in second place, six points behind Adam to make that up. So I think Wadsy has done it, but we will find out at the end of next Saturday's yeah. game. In the third place on 22 points, Evilis Mick has now moved up there with LOFC Teresa. So the full table can be found on our Facebook page. And as always... Thanks to everyone for all of their predictions. Absolutely. So, Sunday the 1st of May, yesterday we typically record, but as it's a bank holiday, we're recording on Bank Holiday Monday, so there was no news at the cl- uh, no news to report yesterday. Yeah, Bank Holiday Monday in 2nd of May, we say Eid Mubarak to everyone who is celebrating today. So, to all our listeners, hope um, today is a great day for you all. So let's wrap this one up then. So we've got fantasy football. Jack Merritt is top of the Orient Outlook podcast, Fantasy Football League, on 2,384 points. Just ahead of Dan S. Hall in second, that's a new name, in second place on 2,350. So someone's had a good week because Jack was about 100 points ahead at one point. Oh, to play for. Yeah, and you are 100, you've dropped a bit, 181st yeah. out of 315. I certainly have. So all to play for. I think that's got another three weeks in the Premier League left. So yeah. positives and negatives. So four positives. One negative, positives in this week is obviously beating Crawley with 2-0 win, things that you love to see. Secondly, a clean sheet for Vigoru. I don't know how many clean sheets he's got this season, but it must be quite a few now, you'd imagine. Yeah, I think he has. I wonder if he's got like some sort of clean sheet bonus if he keeps a certain amount throughout the season, like the defence as well. I imagine he's on some kind of financial reward per clean sheet. Third positive, 
goal difference plus 16 a ridiculous goal difference so well done mental, to everyone and the fourth positive is Zek Obiero's debut lots of tweets about him he's going to be mentioned very shortly on in the episode as well so four positive but as always there are some negatives yeah injuries and illnesses uh, in the squad with Darren and uh, and Ruel uh, being ill and Harry Harry Smith, Smith yeah. as well being ill uh, as well so yeah, wish them all a speedy recovery. I think Craig Clay's back out running around, not doing anything contact-wise. I think Tom James is also doing some running as well. So it'd be interesting to see. I mean, obviously they're not going to make it back now, but see how their close seasons and pre-seasons go. Yeah, so let's move on into the Carol Langley Florist Hero of the Week. And after the result of Crawley, we could have had quite a few nominations. Obviously, when you do it on Twitter, which is what we do, you can only have four. So we nominated <laughs> Zeko Biero, his Football League debut, we nominated Aaron Dryman, who seemed to put in a real good shift and got rewarded with the goal at the end of the match. We nominated Theo Archibald, obviously scores a goal, came very close to scoring a second, had another good match. And Lawrence Vigarou kept the clean sheet uh, and managed to con the ref into thinking the ball wasn't um, over the line. Like the way he grabbed it so <laughs> quickly, like I think Paul mentioned earlier, Jordan Brown could have been nominated. Um, however, you can only... Have four. Yeah, so after 240 votes in just 24 hours, this week's Carol Langley Florist Hero of the Week is... Oh, Zek Obiero. So yeah. well done to Zek. It was very, very close. It was 2% in it um, with just half hour left. I think Obiero ran out, beating Archibald by 3% in the end, just seven votes. So much closer than what I thought it would be or yeah. what it looked like at one point. So thanks to everyone who voted so let's go on into the last fixture of the season yeah so next week's fixture is the last and final fixture this season as we are home to Tranmere Rovers on Saturday the 7th of May Tranmere played already relegated Oldham Athletic on Saturday they won 2-0 they're currently ninth in League 2 and 2 points plus a bit of goal difference off of the playoffs but they could still make it if Swindon and Sutton both slip up so it's an interesting game and although we don't necessarily have anything to play for other than pride we can still affect yeah. uh, what goes on above us Tranmere's last five they've won two drawn two and lost one so slightly indifferent there but they've only lost one in five I think they've been quite a good following as I well. think so they're, too they're, they're always well they're a well supported club and they've got something to play for I can't see them making the playoffs honestly I think Swindon will take the last place I can't think Swindon at home to someone or wait someone who I look down and think they should beat but you never know with football Sutton got hammered yesterday on Saturday 4-1 at home to Bradford so Sutton going through a bit of a blip be interesting to see that it'd be just our luck that Tranmere come have the game of their lives nick a 1-0 and end up in the playoffs but yeah. we will see so it's before tasty. we end this one then for one of the last times again don't forget for the best plastering and rendering prices around visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or on Instagram or go and look up Big Ads LOFC on Twitter for all your plastering and your rendering needs. So that is it at just over the hour, Mark. Thank you very much indeed for joining us for episode number 284. On the pitch, it was another good week for the O's who bounced back from the defeat against Northampton to beat Crawley Town 2-0 away in the league for the very first time. In a match that will be remembered for the goal that never was as our strong end to the season continued under Richie Wellens. Off the pitch this week is also a busy one as we've not only had an update from the new CEO Mark Devlin but we also had the AGM with many exciting activities happening off the pitch for the O's. With one game left of this season and the fan base are optimistic and looking forward to next season but before that with one more game to finish the season we look forward to telling you about that 
and hopefully a winning end to the season in next week's episode, yeah. which is just six days away. It absolutely is. If you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe. Give the podcast a five-star rating. We're still on 95 ratings. Let's get it to 100 by the end of the season. If you're listening on Spotify, come and rate the show. 37 five-star reviews on Spotify. Exactly. Don't be shy. If you're listening on Spotify or iTunes, come on, guys. Give us a review. We get much more than 37 listeners on Spotify. We get much more listeners than 95 on iTunes. So if you're doing the podcast a disservice, please sort that out now and give us yeah. nice ratings. We're also on TuneIn, Stitcher, on all smart speakers. We're also on FanHub, which is brilliant. So listening to the podcast has never been easier. If you have an older relative, a loved one, an orange charm, a fan who might be at another club thinking, do you know what, I don't fancy it next season at a Premier League club, yeah. what's going on otherwise, grab their phones, download the pod for them, tell them to get into Orient and start listening to the podcast. And before we say goodbye this one, massive thanks to Riley. What Absolutely. a young gen, doing amazing work. What a stellar, stellar young man, like to come up with this idea in year nine and then for it to evolve over a number of years, that, that, that would be great for his CV and his entrepreneurial spirit is obviously there. So good luck to him. And if you can get down and support them a couple of weeks' time, support the teams, great causes there, J3 no less. Yeah, Sunday 22nd of May, go and see Josh Wright, go and see Joby, go and see Charlie Edinburgh, go and support the JE3 foundation if you can so we'll be back with episode 285 next week mm. with all the information and views that you could ever need so we look forward to hearing from you and as always keep calm stay safe have a great week and listen to the orient outlook podcast up the o's